Welcome to the return slot of horror. A podcast set in the basement of a video store much like the one from your youth. A place where Mickey, Marika, and Michelangelo hang out after hours, talk about horror films, and can't seem to agree on much other than their love for the genre. So grab a drink, be careful on the stairs, and don't be the last one left in the basement at the end of the night. <laughs> Hello, listener, and welcome to the return slot of horror. Ow! So, we're a podcast recorded in the basement of our video store. Now, typically, we are three friends. Tonight, it's just the two of us. But the three of us uh, own and operate a video store after hours. When the moon is glowing pale blue on a brisk and breezy night, we like to hang out in the basement, crack open a drink, and discuss our beloved genre, Horror. Now this this genre. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's good, man. Uh, th- this genre has uh, intrigued, disturbed, d- delighted, aroused, and confused us. In short, we're totally, hopelessly in love with it. So every episode, we invite you, listener, to join us for a drink as we discuss a film after hours selected from one of our painstakingly curated subsections of the video store. That's right. Subsections. Mickey, can you can you kind of explain what what I mean by these subsections for those who are unlucky enough to maybe have grown up without a mom and pop independent video store? Oh, well sure. So, back in the day before there was streaming, before the big blockbuster takeover, there were these independent video stores that would stock the classics, new releases, but more importantly, they had a robust horror section. And to appease the appetite of movie nerds like me and Michelangelo, they would even work directly with distributors to fill the shelves. There was that much content they had to put up there for us to to devour. And these mom-and-pop shops were responsible for taking the horror genre from limited theater runs and late-night drive-ins to every small town in America. But what really made these video stores special were the people working in the store. They were stocking the shelves, curating personalized sections, and making recommendations based on conversations, not on algorithms. So there, so here at the return slot of horror, we keep that spirit alive and strong. Welcome to the store, listener, or better yet, welcome to the conversation. That was this beautifully put. Um, uh, I don't, I don't, think I don't you, know that I did the right I, thing. No, no, no. So, what you said, what you said was perfect. But but uh, the subsections yes. meaning sure. and this this go, this ties so this into is what you absolutely. said absolutely. So so you're a part of our conversation, and part of that is us going through the subsections of our video store. These sections are painfully and painstakingly curated by myself, Michelangelo, and Marika. And we will have sections that are really personal to us. Sections like child frights. They'll have films that scared us as children. We'll have sections like the King Tyrion collection. Our picks for the best adapted Stephen King films. That's just yeah. a sample of our sections, and they go on and on. And the section we're in right on now, Michelangelo. On, yeah. yeah, the section we're in right now is Werewolf. Werewolf. Uh, for those of you who get that joke, God bless you. Um, so 
Yeah. So in our video store, much like others that 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 follow this suit, you could spend all day trying to find a film like Monster Squad. You got to talk to the people who work there. You got to build a relationship. You got to join the conversation. Um, so uh, like Mickey said, uh, this week we find ourselves in the werewolf. Werewolf section of the video store. But I must admit. You know, I'm pulling a fast one on you a little bit. Uh, you're also going to find our film tonight, uh, uh, the Scream Factory Blu-ray release from 2019 in the King Tyrion section. And mm. you will also find the Paramount release on VHS from 1986 in the Child Fright section, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you will also find the Paramount DVD from 2002 in the aforementioned section we are discussing tonight, Werewolf. Werewolf. Um, so I just I just had to talk some more about King, and yeah. I thought this was a good like I get to talk more about King, and we get to discuss a a a, a section of the video store uh, that includes some monsters. Yeah, I love it. This is a classic monster. Um, you know, a cla Here, here's what I'll say. You got Stephen King who is going to be dripping all over this store right and then you got you know you got your big classic uh universal monsters like the werewolf so it's only fitting that as we go out of the king Tyrion collection that we wean ourselves off of king by doing <laughs> <laughs> more king more king, <laughs> more king. It's just, i'm gonna do that? a little heroin yeah and then that'll wean myself off the heroin it's, it's like hair yeah. of the dog you know after you've had a night of bending or, or binging uh, a lot yeah. of Stephen King. You got to have a little dose of Stephen King to get off Stephen King. It it works, but it is the first step towards alcoholism for sure. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. <laughs> so I've I've never okay. I hear it works. I don't know from firsthand experience if it works because I know I've heard that that's the first step towards alcoholism. Drink responsibly. Yeah. So I, I've never done it. Um, and yeah. speaking of alcoholism. Mickey, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, typically, if you're a constant listener of the podcast, you will know that Marika has a spooky cocktail that she recommends. Um, and unfortunately, she's not with us tonight. Were you able to uh, I was. Uh, carry? Oh, so was I. So what? What was your spooky <laughs> cocktail cre creation for this evening? So, I'm so mine comes. Mine comes directly from Marika. Uh, so I, Marika, I just said to her, Hey, uh, didn't even, you know, like Ebenezer Scrooge while he's like doing, you know, his like collecting money and stuff. He just doesn't even look up from his, you know, coins and just kind of talks to you, not even like paying attention. It was a similar, uh, interaction I had with Marika. I walked in, she's doing taxes. <laughs> I was like, Hey Marika, we're doing silver bullet. Do you have like a cocktail? Maybe like a spooky cocktail you want to throw in there? Didn't even look up. She goes, yeah, it's called the peacemaker. I said, okay, what's that? And she's jotted down on this piece of paper and handed it to me. So here I am with a drink called the peacemaker. This is how you make a peacemaker. It's okay. 15 ounces of Coca-Cola, or it doesn't have to be Coca-Cola. It could be any cola that you prefer. It could be Pepsi. Pepsi maybe. Coke or Pepsi. It's got to be Coke or Pepsi. Coke or Pepsi. If, if, it's, for this if it's movie, for the movie we're talking about, it's got to be Coke, Coke or Pepsi. Pepsi. Uh, so then you do that. You take three cloves, three cardamom pods, uh, two whole star anise, um, one anus. large anus, it's anise, isn't it? Anus? No, it's anus. Yeah, it's anus. Uh, one large. No, it's you're right. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm being. <laughs> I actually think it is. I think it is pronounced. Anus. Or it's, anus. it's your anus. It's your yeah, anus. That's it. Uh, <laughs> one large cinnamon stick. One sprig of fresh rosemary. This is a very involved drink. 
Yeah. <laughs> then once you combine all that and you uh, reduce it down by boiling it, you get yourself this really, uh, um, you get this really beautiful rosemary spiced cola syrup. Then you add that to one and a half ounces of wild turkey 101. Make sure and take Ooh. a swig out of the bottle as you're pouring it in. Half an ounce of scotch, one fourth ounce lemon juice, one dash of Angostura bitters. And then for garnish, you want to shave a cinnamon stick down into a tiny little baseball bat. And if you have the time, you can etch <laughs> you can etch the word peacemaker into the cinnamon stick. Then add one eighth teaspoon activated charcoal powder, stir with a silver spoon, sprinkle with some dry ice on top to create a fog effect, and serve during a full moon. That is I gotta have one of those. That's <laughs> that's that's involved. That yeah. is involved. Um, that's why you only do it once every full moon. You can't you can't yeah. do that every evening. That would be that's no. like half your evening right there. If you if you have a drinking problem, start drinking those because you, you <laughs> you're not gonna be able to overconsume yeah. those. No, no, one and done. I'm gonna make a big batch of that for Halloween next year. I love that. I love that. <laughs> like a big cauldron. Is it, is it safe to drink dry ice? Um, so y- y- yes and no, you don't want the dry ice to actually touch your, your mouth or to drink it. That's bad. But if it's in the concoction that you've made and you don't drink it, it's safe. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So does. you have to be careful. You have to be careful with it, but it is, All I mean, right. it's fucking cool. It's fucking oh, cool. Man. So cool. Uh, uh, when we met. In, in, in at the acting conservatory we went to, my mother, uh, God bless her, uh, sent me steaks because you know we had no money for food. Yeah. She sent me some Omaha steaks, and there was oh, dry incredible. ice. And were you with me when I made like the um, explosive uh, 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 device that I made that I threw out the window of uh, the Stratford Arms, which is mentioned in uh, Catcher in the Rye, where we, we were that. living on the Upper West Side. Uh, I th- Marie, if Marika was here, she might remember because I think I did it in her room. But I, you know, it's just like a empty uh, 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 plastic bottle. It wasn't a glass bottle, uh, okay. but I made like a little little. Bo- you know, it just makes like a loud noise. And this is this is literally right before September 11th. Oh, a man. different a yeah, different world do, we were yeah, living in, world. right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Anyways, um. That's what, amazing. What you, yeah. What are you having? Um, did you so, did you get a cocktail together for this thing? I, I got, well, I'm not drinking the cocktail. I'm just having, I'm having part of the cocktail, but my okay. cocktail is called Riding the Silver Bullet. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a Coors Light, which is the silver bullet of beers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, 100%. also uh, uh, I don't believe Coors Light is is uh, uh, advertised in this movie, but, no, Coors, but Coors is. is. Yeah. <laughs> Coors and Budweiser are. Um uh, uh, interesting fact about Coors Light got the nickname the Silver Bullet because when they started uh, making them, uh, the factory workers gave them the nickname uh, oh. because it, they looked like uh, um, uh, all the bullets in a um, is it a bandito? Is that what it is? Where it's got like all the bullets in the oh on the yeah, belt? yeah 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 they looked like that and that's how it got the the name. Um, and you it's that with a shot of Patron. So kind of like a boiler maker. Yeah. But but with uh Coors Light and uh uh Patron Silver, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh so it's very it's the it's the antithesis of your drink. I love that. No, it's it's it, right? I like that we have two spooky cocktails. We have got two spooky cocktails. Yours, could be, yours man, totally I could have different. all yeah, I could have yours all night long. You Mine, gotta be careful. I, I, yeah. 
that tequila will sneak up on you, brother. Oh, sure. Um, sure it will. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Let's get back to the film we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. 19, the 1985 cult classic Silver Bullet, also known as The Only Clue Is It The Full Moon. Mm-hmm. which is the correct per Italian pronunciation of the Italian <laughs> release. Um, now, this is based on the 1983 Stephen King novella or novelette. I never know which is which. Yeah. Uh, Cycle of the Werewolf. And this is directed by Dan Addis, written by King, produced by the infamous Dino De Laurentiis, and starring Gary Busey. Everett McGill, Corey Haim, Megan Follows, Terry O'Quinn, and some other really amazing character actors, character actors as well. Yeah, really, really um, nice. Um, yes. So, whose pick was this, Mickey? Uh, yours. You were really hot on this one. Yes, you I really was. want to do this. You yes, really, I wanted to you, do this in the I, in the, yeah, in the King Tyrion section. Yeah, he wanted to do this so bad that he formed another section in the store just to be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so why why were you cho- why why did you choose Silver Bullet? What what was the call? I so I never saw this completely as a kid. Hmm. I. I, I like caught parts of it and this is a movie. I don't know. I don't know about kids today, but um, when I was a kid, this movie had a huge effect on me and like how uh, serious in its tone. I took it to be right. right. I didn't get any of the cheesiness or the corniness or the, the, the culty uh, campy elements of it. Uh, for me, uh, its original attention, I think, in its story really hit hit with me. It was very, very scary. Anytime, and you've talked about this with like Monster Squad. Anytime there's a movie where there's kids, yeah, right, and you're a kid, you just automatically like, ah, I'm connected with that mm-hmm. with that character. And Corey Haim is like so really charming. brilliant in this movie. So good, he's fucking great in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's, he's it's Agreed. a very underrated performance in my book. Um, uh, I agree. Physical, uh, a physical performance. Uh, you know, I mean, like I'm yeah. saying, he's like he's he's really handling like the the um disability pretty well because I was like kind of watching for that a little bit to be like, oh, I'm sure he's gonna, but he was really good and very like sticking that. I thought he did a really good job, yeah. for a young actor. Yeah, uh, and, and I think everybody everybody's performance in this across the board is wonderful. Um, now, uh, you know, I I usually mention this a little little earlier, but like Mickey, we're not film critics, we're not. No film historians we're not going to do like a deep historical dive on this film Mm -hmm. there are other podcasts that do that and that's great what we're doing more is like uh uh shining a light on our love uh of the film Mm -hmm. and uh how it's affected us and how uh these films uh, overall sort of bond us in our Mm -hmm. friendship sure Um, we we may say facts about a film that are not true oh that's definitely possible. I mean, that's it's a guarantee happened. because most, most, you know, <laughs> we're not getting this stuff from the Encyclopedia, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. right? We're getting this stuff from uh, uh, the internet. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and commentaries. And, and, 
and hazy memories that I have as a kid of something I hurt, you know, like that's yeah. where some of my knowledge I'm pulling from is like, I remember yeah. somewhere someone telling me this thing. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's yeah. that's not what we're here for. We're the video store you go to. We're the local guys that you talk to about movies. We love them. And that's why you talk to us about them. Cause we, yeah. we and- our love for these films will hopefully, I hope if you haven't seen the films, I'm not really sure why you're listening, but I hope that maybe our conversation will inspire you to watch some of these films. Yes, the, beautifully said. Um, now that said, mm-hmm. we might from time to time have a, 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 a critique or a critical thought. We do not sure. think that we could have done it better. No. Right? But like, especially with this film, and you know, I love this movie so much but it's not perfect it's got a lot of issues questions concerns um and we we've talked about this before mickey as well it's it's a soup it's it's like impossible to make a movie it's so fucking hard it's 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 herculean yeah you got you got to collaborate with so many people you got to get these things together it's 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 very difficult and Mm -hmm. sometimes what would have been a good movie is less than because of production issues. Yeah. You know? I mean, Which... sometimes movies are, are, are made in committees, not made by a single, you know, auteur or, a, you know, not that any movie is really made by a single auteur, but what I mean is that sometimes visions don't even, we don't even get to see the, the, the final vision. So trust me, a film, whether it has, I have a critique of a film or not, it does not change the fact that I am just in awe of the fact that they were able to pull a film off. I've, I have attempted this in my life to put together a film and I'm, I stop on step one. So to even see it through, <laughs> I mean, honestly, to see it through is, is monumental. Yeah. So, so there's no, it's, there's not going to be any of that kind of hate here. I think that, you know, every, every yeah. filmmaker is going for something. They're putting their artistry and heart into it sometimes, most of the time. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm here That's to just the idea, like, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm here to go with it. Yeah, and to what you said, uh, I think you do need like a, a you need a single creative vision to push through, mm-hmm. and then a team of people to support that vision. And when that yeah. vision is compromised and controlled by people who uh, uh, are more in the monetary section mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of how the film is made, which is an important section, you got to have money to make a movie. Sure. Um, then those things get compromised. So anyways, talking yeah. about hazy childhood for, memories. Yeah, we could, we could yeah. go on for hours on this, this alone. Cause you know, you get me started on movies that you make, that you made to make money. We could start talking about Friday 13th. We could start talking about some of the things <laughs> that end up being, and we got great. a few episodes like that. <laughs> we got to check that go out. Back, those are Friday 13th episodes. You'll hear all about people who make movies to make money and end up making something amazing. Yeah. So, um, child hazy childhood hazy memories i i have of this uh uh were horrific um <laughs> and and eventually i watched it as an adult and like god I, I always have such a fun time watching this movie it's it's uh um what did i write down i'm so sorry um but this is oh this is um this to me is, you know, Saturday night sleepover monster movies mm-hmm. at the Absolutely. drive-in or something. This, this is mm-hmm. this is a fucking fun movie. Yeah. Uh, despite some of its uh, 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 silly flaws that I find in it, I think the 
the the origin the origin story the cycle of the werewolf uh which have you read mickey i've not read the book no i've not read it um so this is you know it starts out as like a calendar that bernie wrightston is going to do uh he is an amazing artist they work together on creep show if you own i own creep show he has that i i i sent you some of the uh images mm-hmm. to look at of uh, oh, uh, yeah. uh of all the pictures and so they're making this calendar in king being king the sure. prolific writer that he is is like i feel too constrained by having to write just a blurb for each month so they create this novelette and yeah. Uh, before he's even finished writing it, he he sells the rights <laughs> as a movie, right? And Dino yeah. De Laurentiis, I think, how many films did he direct uh, this year in in eighty five or not direct? How many uh, Stephen King adaptations 85? did he produce? I think uh, it was three, three yeah, or four. Cat's Eye, uh, Silver Bullet. I'm not really sure of the other one. I you know I had these. I had them memorized in my head, and of course, uh, I forgot to write them down, and uh, I don't have them in front of me. But the point is, Dido and De Laurentiis was uh, 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 financing a lot of Stephen King adaptations mm-hmm. at this time, uh, so much so that he was financing one on something that wasn't even made yet. Um, yeah. I think this um, uh, King is the first to do this concept with a werewolf story most werewolf stories you have an allegory of Mm -hmm. substance abuse where we know who the person is they have a they they can't remember what they did the night before right they they're horrified by their actions when they realize it right Mm -hmm. but but this is uh we got the mystery element of it um what what happens to a small community when they are being terrorized by a serial killer which that was like starting to uh, become uh, a mainstream sort of thing that was known now with all of the uh, terrible serial killers that were that were happening around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when a serial killer is, is killing your friends and your neighbors, uh, but they're simultaneously taking away the innocence of your small town? And, and once innocence is lost, it's never replaced again. And, and what's left in its wake is is uh suspicion and fear right yeah um and i think at the heart of the story that he wrote you have these elements and they're slightly touched upon in this movie but this movie gets a little it's a little silly at times and the logic doesn't always make sense um in that sort of wonderful like italian way you know what I mean? If you if you've seen a lot of like Italian horror films, it's yeah. like, eh, it's fine. It's just it looks. It's got to look cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what do you have a do you have a, a history to Silver Bullet? Yeah, you know, Silver Bullet is not going to be. Uh, this is not a movie I've watched a, a lot of times. This is probably this watch that we did uh, was the first time I've seen it since I was a kid. But oh, uh, wow. it's definitely it's definitely one that I watched with you know my neighbor Danny. We would we got Danny. together and watched Silver Bullet. Yep. Please, we, can you quickly explain who Danny is for the person and listening for the first time? So, growing up next door uh, to to me was was were these wonderful neighbors, Danny, Danny and Kaylin. And as a kid, I would spend every weekend at their house just to get away from my brothers and my sister. <laughs> and they would bring me in, and and Danny because he never had a son, 
Caitlyn never had a son. I was like the son they never had. But rather than like Danny treating me like necessarily a son, it was more like a little buddy. He would like introduce me to horror films way too young. He would have, we would watch action movies all the time. We would watch, you know, Married with Children and Living Color, <laughs> The Simpsons. You watched, whoa. Yeah, the Herman's Head. All these things I watched with him. And then he would allow me once a year to invite over all my buddies for a Halloween sleepover and watch scary movies. So many of my first scary movie watches were at these Halloween sleepovers with Danny. So kudos to him. He was a collector of, of scary masks, of comic books and, and baseball cards. And so much of my personality has been crafted from, from, from having him as a neighbor. So you'll hear him come up often. When we're talking about Stephen King and any horror films from the 1980s especially ones with kids he loved having me watch horror films where kids were the heroes i think i think it, in, in his mind he was trying to kind of help me see that that you can be a hero that you can be the one that saves this town if it needs it he instilled a lot in me i, I really cherish those memories and what he gave to my life so this is one that we watched together and i was i was actually not that excited to watch it again because i was like i, I kind of i remember all the beats you know it's like but it was so fun rewatching. Corey Haim is incredible. He's so likable. He's so charming. I forget how how wonderful he was as a child actor. Uh, Gary Busey is at his best Busey for me. Um, just the, the film was was just joyful. It really is fun. And you're rooting for the kids. The sister brother relationship is fantastic. Give me a film where I'm rooting for the kids, and and you've got you've already like you've already pierced that hard spot in my heart and I'm, and I'm going to automatically love you. If you give me, if you give me good child actors playing good, ch well-written children characters, they're taking on the big bad um, while the rest of the town's lost in their adult adulting. You know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really fun film. Um, now are, are you familiar with Don Coscarelli? No. So Don Coscarelli uh, directed uh, Bubba Hotep, uh, Beastmaster, oh, yeah, no, Fan Hotep, the Phantasm yeah. films. Okay. Um, yeah. So he was originally uh, um, attached to direct, and it kind of fell yeah. apart. That'd Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, it would have. Um, Dino De Laurentiis, not known as the easiest guy to work with. Yeah. Um, uh, for as an, a great example, I think of a comparison of someone who successfully uh, that went through uh, directing a film with Dino De Laurentiis had a terrible experience, but still managed to have a, keep a career is David Lynch. Yeah, uh, and it's unfortunate that Coscarelli never really got um, to. I mean, he's had an amazing career. He's made like five Phantasm movies. He's, you, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, uh, John dies at the end. Uh, but my point is, I feel like his, it, like we missed out on some Coscarelli stuff. And and I, you know, no shade on uh, Dan Addis who directed this. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, he just couldn't, uh, like, De Laurentiis, such could be such a, you know, yeah. a very charming at first to pull you in. And then like you have a nightmarish experience making a mm -hmm. film, uh, unlike Roger Corman, who uh, typically trusted hands his, off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like you've proven yourself. You've you've worked mm -hmm. your way up to a certain place as long as you remain within the budget and then within yep, the shooting days and yep. you have boobies and violence. Yeah. We're yeah. good to go. <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre, too. Go see it. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, speaking of uh, uh, Monster Squad, 
I think the werewolf in this movie needs to team up with Dracula for Monster Squad. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> uh, that that Dracula, spoilers for Monster Squad, that Dracula yeah. loves dynamite. He loves to yeah. kill people with dynamite, with, not with, it's, his yeah. fangs. His powers. <laughs> and this wolf loves to kill people with tiny bats. <laughs> well, not tiny bats. It's a full, it's, I guess it's a full-size bat. It's a badass bat. It's a badass bat. Yeah. The peacemaker. Yeah, but no, it's like, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that could have been budgetary, I believe. Oh no, definitely. I mean, like, so, um, uh, Carlo Rambaldi, an Academy Award winning at the time, he was like the world's greatest visual uh, 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 special effects artist, uh, 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 like a great reputation that was like, unfortunately, kind of like, you know a little tarnished for sure by this film. Um, uh, the, you know, De Laurentiis had wanted originally to hire a dancer to play the uh, werewolf in the costume, um, which is a great idea, which yeah. is proven, proven in uh, 2002's Dog Soldiers. Have you ever seen that? I've not seen Dog Soldiers. No, that's a that's a good that's a good werewolf movie, low budget. Um, and in fact, those wolves look a lot like uh, uh, Bernie Wrightson's wolves. Um, uh, but uh, according to the research I've done, that's Everett McGill in the suit. When you okay. see like, and the suit did he didn't have a lot of time to really do it right. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like it's it's unfortunately this the the werewolf in this movie is lacking. We got a lot of although the transformation at the end is I I thought like held, holds up pretty well. Yeah, I mean there there, there were it's 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 for what it is it's good. I, I think I think that you get a you get a good payoff at the end with the wolf. I you know I think they also do a lot of things to hide the wolf throughout the film, so that's always a smarter choice than showing something that's not fully developed or done. So but it, yeah, it gets old. It gets old. It's yeah, like it does. It's it a does. lot of wolf. It's like someone has uh, what are those uh, those uh, long gloves that uh, women used to wear that would yeah. go to their elbows. It's like sure. it's like one of those gloves up to the elbow, and it's just wolf really likes to like. Scrap things, scrape on people, <laughs> right? And like very cat-like, very. Yeah, cat-like, I was gonna say it's, it's similar. It's like you know the wolves have paws, right? It's like this is not like they're not. It's not really their <laughs> thing to grab a bat, right? You're not gonna see a canine <laughs> grab a bat, but this wolf, this wolf has like appendages. It's uh-huh. like, you know. what is a werewolf? It's so I, I'll werewolf. buy that it that it that it has a thumb and it can it it, it you know I yeah. it, it, you can you get to be creative with how you create your your werewolf so right. I I can yeah. buy that but can... it's 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 oh, it's it gets ridiculous when yeah, when you get yeah. when Terry O'Quinn gets murdered with a baseball bat in, on a pile of uh, uh, Pepsi and Coke bottles <laughs> uh, you know so by the way I have a theory okay about Terry O'Quinn. Okay. Uh, in this Terry O'Quinn's character film. Yeah, so, the sheriff. Sheriff Joe Holler? Yes. Um, yes. So, Terry O'Quinn does okay. not die. He survives. And in fact, he ends up paralyzed. All right? Okay. He takes a flight 
to have an experimental surgery done, but crashes and lands on this island where he's able to walk again. Are you following me at all here? I'm not following you at all. He okay, crashes this is... on an island where he's able to walk. Is this like, is this a TV show that you're referencing? Yes, Lost. This is Lost. Okay, <laughs> this yes, is Lost. yes. Did you watch Lost? <laughs> but I know Terry O'Quinn's in it. Okay. But uh, but so, yeah, no, I, I am one of those weirdos that never, it was, by the time Lost was so popular, I was such a contrarian to it because it had become so popular and because I wasn't early on it, I was like, I refused it. I was like, well, now that, yeah. Well, if, so for those of you listening who have watched Lost, it's one of those shows that like starts out so good and it is so disappointing it's so disappointing oh, eventually i've heard but I've heard. but it but it has it, it has great performances and there's it had its heyday but it doesn't go anywhere satisfying so mm-hmm. terry o'quinn yeah he's on the island he's able to walk mm-hmm. again why is he able to walk again because he has a little werewolf blood in him right mm-hmm. but okay. he he never really wolfs out except in that pilot episode he turns into the polar bear. That's why we never see that polar bear again. This this would make more sense to you if you've seen it. Never but there's a polar the bear that never shows up again because okay. he's not a werewolf. He's a were like you could be a werebear something. He's, he's a werebear, but he never fully <sighs> bears out except for that once. Got right? It. Totally makes sense. Totally and, makes sense. Well, it totally makes sense when you compare it to the uh, um, <laughs> explanations we're offered through the show itself <laughs> what i said is solid and works okay lost. all those lost fans are like is that like people this is canon jj abrams told us yeah <laughs> i was also with silver bullet <laughs> i was i was also going to work in uh uh, uh at some point he becomes like a stepfather <laughs> and <Yeah>. um <laughs> you've seen yeah, those stepfather movies? yeah yeah i've yeah, seen yeah. stepfather i've not seen lost <laughs> <laughs> that shows you where what where I went in the movie store section. I was watching those movies. Um so yeah. So you've explained uh, lost. I've explained lost. Um what's what's stood out for you uh during this watch? What was what was stuff that was like, yeah. Like yeah. Um yeah. Uh p- 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 you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there, there were two things I, I kind of, that really caught me. Um, again, I'm going to go on the Gary Busey of it. I, I love the relationship of Marty and Uncle Red. Uncle Red mm-hmm. to me is like, he's that, um, he's very representative of that male uh, figure in our lives that, that we um, attach ourselves to because our dads have to be our dads, right? They, they have to be kind of like walk a straight and narrow, lay down some rules and regulations. But then we see an, an, that other guy in our life that treats us a little more adult that like kind of like walks that edge of, is this appropriate or not? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, and, and you, and you, I'm not saying you idolize those guys, but those become the people that, that you think actually see you better because they're taking you, you feel like they're taking you a little more serious. They're not treating you like a little kid, yeah. you know? And I love that relationship. That is, the, that is definitely one of the main takeaways. Um, and the uncle redisms are great. Uh, um, and then I, I Go ahead. Before, before I just want to stay on Uncle Red for a second. Um, uh, having a, a figure, uh, an a, an aunt and an uncle in your life, or a figure that that mm-hmm. fulfills that role, whether you're blood related or not, I think is super crucial. Because, like you said, 
you're you're I'm a professional uncle. I have nine nieces mm-hmm. and nephews. And you you know, I just I I'm not responsible for raising them. I get right. to have a good time with them. I get to impart whatever wisdom that I might have on them. Uh, and I get to have a good time with them. And I talk to them, or at least I try mm-hmm. to talk to them like like equals. Because, you know, most of your life as a kid, you're getting talked down to by everybody, especially right. adults. And to have a relationship with an adult where, like, they um, do wildly irresponsible mm-hmm. things, like give you a motorcycle that goes 90 miles an <laughs> hour when you're paralyzed, and then gives you fireworks yeah. to yeah. fucking they, they, <laughs> explode they, they by yourself. Puts, puts a motor on your wheelchair that is so heavy you would never actually be able to wheel your own chair and then makes it gas powered so if you run out of gas buddy you are stuck where you are you are one giant you're like an immovable piece and this no cell phones no no cell phones phones. no no like would you ever would you ever leave like give a, a a child um that amount of fireworks and go Go have a good time by yourself. Go, there's yeah. there's a serial killer. Like if it, uh, you know, we'll get to the werewolf part of it. But like at this point, they don't know. Fourth of July is canceled because there yeah. is somebody or something, Some, yeah, murdering, something somebody, whether it's yeah. an animal or a person murdering people horrifically yeah. in their town. Yes, and he is giving his nephew dangerous fireworks and a yes. dangerous motorcycle to go out by himself at night with this thing killing but people to go also blow sh- up this stuff. This also shows like like how dumb a kid is. Like even me saying like you idolize this guy, right? I'm oh, like yeah. every other adult in the in that town has made a logical choice to shut down Fourth of July so they don't have kids walking around and getting killed at night. And then the one guy, Uncle Red's like Sneak out and do these fireworks when you get a chance. Totally against all the logic of all the adults in that town. And of course, that would be the adult that I would I would gravitate towards and be like, see, he of gets course. me. Yeah. <laughs> I want fireworks. He's giving me fireworks. fireworks. He's fireworks. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go fast because I can't walk. So he gives me a death trap or death machine that he, I can he, ride he, down the He even <laughs> says he's like when he rides, when he like shoots off on it, yeah. Gary Busey's like, that kid's dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Red, man. <laughs> Uncle Red. Uh, he's um um uh, so so I cherish a, yeah. my my role. Uh, uh, as as that figure in in uh, right. uh, my nieces and nephews' lives, uh, but I definitely like, you know, Uncle Red makes some uh, some great points, right? With his mom, he's yep. like he's more than just a paralyzed kid, but sure. his mom is totally right. Uh, yes, don't be drinking. He's drinking from a bottle of wild <laughs> wild turkey. turkey, and he's what is what is that? At least half a bottle. He's he's oh, he's consumed. just slogging, slog, throwing him back, man. I was like, wow, he's getting really trashed. He's getting trashed with his nephew, yeah. and it's like he's it's cool. And they're playing. Right? Are, they, are they playing poker? They're playing some form of poker. Um, I think they're are they playing rummy or something? I, they're playing something. Okay, okay. they're playing they're playing I, some I, I sort of card game. I figured they were game. playing some kind of. I figured it had to be something poker. I'm surprised there weren't like nudie women on the cards. You know, that would have made it that extra <laughs> Uncle Red that's step. The Uncle Red's uh, weekend, where uh, well, he would never. He would never. You know, he can't keep. He can't keep a a, a relationship oh, no, together. He can't Uncle no. Red. 
I don't um, see how. The guy seems completely put together. <laughs> what? See, that, this is what I mean. When you're around, even, even I don't care how crazy the uncle is, there's still an element of like, I'm not going to give them my 100% wildness because I, I am the adult in this room. So what you're seeing when Uncle Red slogging out of the Wild Turkey 101 and playing cards with Marty is you're seeing his, this is me being responsible with kids side. So you can imagine when there are no kids yeah. around what these poor wives of his had to deal with. Yeah, Abs absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, Mickey, did you ever shoot uh, fireworks at your siblings? Absolutely. Yeah. What, Roman what candles. Yeah. Roman those, those candles the... pointed directly at them. <laughs> <laughs> no concern. I'm like, oh, I don't no. want to get them in the eye. No, I, yeah. I wear protection. Oh, no, <laughs> my sister, we would take sparklers, light sparklers and get behind her. If she didn't know, and we would try to light her hair on fire with them. What? Yeah. That's, that's really cruel, man. It was is. She... No, it was, but we were just like messing with her. And then she would hear like a little bit of hair would sin. She'd go out. And we'd be like, because eh, 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 those things are popping on her neck too, you know. Yeah, but thank we God thought, she didn't wear Aquanet. We thought, which, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Actually, Aquanet. it's a good point. Yeah, she would have just went up in flames. Yeah, I mean, we were not nice to her, nor were my brothers nice to me either. They would like, I can promise you, little little Mickey shooting Roman candles was not nearly as accurate as my brothers who were like really Older, shooting, like yeah, like, yeah, wiser, yeah. yeah. We 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 share this in common, Mickey, in that it was a a, a, a violent dog eat dog world with mm -hmm. the siblings mm -hmm. vying for affection and status. Um, and I also regrettably uh, uh, like treated my sister uh, when I was a little kid like mm -hmm. trash because I went through a real like I hate girls, hate yeah. girls phase. Cooties. I pushed my I pushed my sister out of a window one time. I, I, it's the what? one thing it's it's the only time that i think that i went too <laughs> you far gotta, you gotta you gotta tell me what this story is. so it's you actually pretty her, sad it's actually pretty her. sad this is not a oh, funny no. story it's pretty sad oh no so unlike marty and and jane who have i think a really great loving relationship the, the amazing megan follows who yep. you you had told me I didn't recognize her, but who Anna is she? Anna Green Mickey? Gables. Anna, Anna Green, Gables. Green Gables, which you haven't seen yet, right? Your no, wife no, I have not seen. Yeah, my my wife gave me that look, the same look I give people when they tell me they haven't seen The Lost Boys. I I the show came on and immediately Molly saw it and she goes she goes oh that's Anna of Green Gables and I was like oh cool and she's like Mickey it's Anna of Green Gables and I was like yeah okay and she's like you know the movie and I was like I've never I don't know what I've never seen that movie and she, her look was like, who are you? Who is this person I'm married to? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And, and I was, and I was right, like, rightly so. Sorry. And if, you, if your reaction is anything like your ex-wife's reaction to Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you might be looking at a divorce when you watch it. I know, that. I know, I know. I, I will <clears> tell <throat> you, I, I, I watched Anne of Green Gables with my, I had roommates uh, at one point that were uh, uh, two amazing women. And same reaction. You've never seen Anne of Green, and I hadn't. Yeah. And then we watched it. Have a box of tissues. Hmm. It's so good. It's so good. such. It's so. We're gonna have a movie night. It's so good. Yeah. Um. But continue your story. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh you. no no. I, it, so it, it. So okay. My sister was. She's five years older than I am. So she was a teenager, and she had started dating a boy that my parents were not approving of. So they didn't want her to see the boy. 
And one night I heard all this kerfuffle in her bedroom. And I I just instinct I don't know why, but I just opened the door, be like, what's going on? You know, because I was like, I was <laughs> That's the little the brother, brother move. I did yeah, the I same the, stuff. I was the little brother that was also like, hey, don't you be getting up to nothing. Mom and dad are gonna get you. So I opened the doors, what are you doing? And she was sneaking out of the window to sneak out of the house. And I said, No, you're not. And I went and I pushed her as hard as I could. As she was like halfway out the window, she goes tumbling, falls into the backyard, really like it was like, oh, like knocked her breath out out. My parents are like, How what many stories? How many stories up? She's Two? on the second. Jesus. She's on the second floor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't and know. Your parents I, were like, "What?" I'm sorry, I interrupted well, you. Well, they 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 woke them up. They went out there, and she was in so much trouble. Guess who wasn't in trouble? <laughs> the kid who pushed his sister out the window. <laughs> was she okay? Did she get hurt? I mean, they knocked her breath out. She definitely was hurting. She. She's. I'm Did lucky she, she didn't fall on her neck or her arm. Yeah, I mean, you're she, yeah. super lucky. I, I know. I a, I, I'm not going to get I, into I, these I, stories, but I, I, how many times did you almost kill your siblings or or, oh, or I'm, like I'm paralyze sure. them or or like well, cut off a, an appendage? But I do. I will say the ratio for me is is very different. Like the amount of times they almost killed me versus the amount of times I almost killed them, it was much more weighted on the side of it's me. It's a vicious. They cycle. almost killed me. They almost killed me way more times than I ever almost killed them, for sure. Well, well, you're a little one. Yeah, I know. And you're adopted. I, I, yeah, I know. So that plays, I, I was, that's yeah. got to play a, a sure. heavy thing on your sure. conscience. Like, I'm adopted. Why are they yeah. always trying to kill me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. to them, they're like, no, this means I love you. Well, to, well, to them, well, no, to, to two of them, yeah. But one of them was, I think, even one of them was like, I don't know if I want you to be my brother anymore. <laughs> Like I didn't hey, listen. Oh, that's so, I, sad. That's so <laughs> fucking sad because I know exactly what that. Ah, I have a brother just like yeah. that. Oh, there was God. one. There was one that I to this day I always have to question his motives. Like as adults, I'm like, why are you saying that? Why do you want me to come down here and visit you? Why are you up here in Pittsburgh? What's the what's the game you're playing on me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, so sorry for so your I'm, sister, and yeah, I'm, so I'm sorry. sorry I am so sorry. That she made you push her out the window <laughs> I, listen, and traumatized I, I you. you. I seriously do feel bad for that. I, I think about it all the time. I've apologized so many times as an adult just saying like, you know, remember that time I pushed you out the window? Number one, I'm glad you didn't die. Number two, I'm really sorry. I don't know what was going through my head then. It just It just seemed like the thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> at least he didn't shoot fireworks at her as well. Yeah. Didn't set her hair on fire, then throw her out the window. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know. So going going back to the the, the movie, um, I I am I I was at odds with like okay, Corey Haim thinks there's a werewolf, yeah, right. Um, uh, Marty thinks there's a werewolf, yet he goes out on his own to shoot off those fireworks, and I'm yeah. like, you know what, kids are you reminded they're, me kids are dumb they're dumb and they're impulsive and impulsive, they're just like i want yeah. i want fireworks so i'm yeah. gonna go tunnel shoot these off vision tunnel vision is what he had yeah and he is that scene on the bridge is he's brilliant mm -hmm. he looks fucking scared and oh, yeah. uh uh r.i.p Corey haim oh, it's yeah, it's sure. so it's so unfortunate that you know he's got some great movies we love them but God, what a tragic, yeah, dark story well, that is, just is. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough life for for any person, and you know, I just can't even imagine it. And and he he was. I mean, he he 
delivered a beautiful performance and and i think that you know it's it's safe to say that there's there is as an actor there's a lot of you in the in the parts that you play so i know that there was a sensitive soft sweet human being in there that you know it really is a bummer really is a bummer yeah before all that again all that innocence was taken away from him um yeah sorry sorry to bring it that's right if if me throwing my sister out the window didn't already bring us (laughs) down um speaking of sisters um yeah one of the things i find uh um uh difficult about this uh movie is is the voiceover of the sister um i feel like it's at odds with the with the fun low budget drive-in tone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it's like all of a sudden we're getting like after school special music score like it's it's like play and and you know it's it's on record that you know De Laurentiis was 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 like I'm gonna make a, a werewolf movie, but also ET. That's I think yeah. that's why he got Carlo Rambaldi, who created ET. Well, and also, um, uh, the director was a second unit on ET. Oh, okay. There yeah, he go. worked with he worked with the uh, um Spielberg on ET, so he was like right out of that Amblin, you know, wheelhouse. So he was coming in, mm. bringing some of that Amblin magic, trying to sprinkle it on there. It has some Amblin feels. Uh, you can, you know, there are scenes in that film that feel like it, it it was part of, you know, a Spielberg production. And those don't, but in a bad way, because they don't yeah. fit in. They, they don't, don't fit, fit in, in well, yeah. right? This is right. a Stephen King, Dino De Laurentiis adaptation. It's got to feel like cat's eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. What did you, um, so what was, you, you, you said you had two things, Right. So we talked about we talked about uh, Uncle uh, uh, Uncle Red. Uncle Red, yeah. Um, uh, the, what the was other the other thing, thing that really like? Mm. It was more of like like a, like a summation of of. So you know this about me, but the listener may not. My favorite of the Universal monsters is the werewolf, um, and for where this movie kind of um, misses an opportunity for me. For me personally, is I love the story of the struggle of the curse, right? The curse yeah. of the werewolf, that struggle to me is fascinating. It's interesting. It always grips me because, you know, you watch that human either fight against the the innate behaviors of a werewolf or you find them lean into them and, and you know, uh, uh, come to terms with, you know, fully committing to those desires and those wants and and doing evil things. So I love that story. But <clears throat> the one thing this movie does that really captures how great the werewolf myth is, is the silver bullet. When he goes in and he gets the silver bullet made and mm. the way that Mac, the guy who's like, you know, pressing it down and getting the low grain 44 ready for him. I'm like, dude, d- fuck a steak, man. It's silver bullet all the way. Coolest way to kill a monster right there, man. Just mm-hmm. it it was a moment where I was like, yes, this is it's not just the werewolf struggle. It's also the silver bullet. It's like there's a specific thing you have to make that you have to get just right. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I I love that. I mean, obviously it's called silver bullet too. So but no, that that was just a, a thing where I just thought that scene between Uncle Red and Mac and Matt and he gets the silver bullet. And he's like, I mean, it's just, you know, I can't remember what his exact words, but Uncle Red's like, I mean, it's just, you know, like a toy or something, you know? And he's like, 
I mean, he's a, what would I use a 44 silver bullet for? Yeah, it's like, like a, to yeah. kill a werewolf. I was like, whoa, yeah. Mac knows. Mac he knows. knows. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Yeah. He knows what's going on. So I, 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 would, I really like that part too. Have you ever, like, as uh, for those of you who might not know, he has served our country. Uh, so thank you for your service. Um, so you've been around some guns. Have you ever come across a silver bullet? Never. No. I, I would I love to have really, one, right? I really, I think so, but I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure what that's about. Like, I, I don't know that that metal is, I, I, I would have to do research. I'm sure that you can. It's very soft. So I do know like trying to make a bullet out of a, of, out of silver is yeah. flawed in that it's a very soft okay. material. Uh, uh, so you would, you would have to do it in a way in which the silver content would be much lower compared to yeah. whatever's usually in there. Well, it's usually lead in like a brass casing, right? So it's like yeah. the bullet itself is the lead, but it goes inside a casing, which is this like really nice, like, you know, brass casing. Yeah. And that's what you typically use because the because the casing will have the charge in the bottom of it and then it shoots the projectile, which is this, the lead. So I was wondering when I was watching, I was like, that's a full silver bullet. It's like the silver casing and the yeah. silver. Yeah, so I I don't I don't really know if there's any truth to that ever being an actual thing, but no, I've never seen anybody with a silver bullet. No, I would love to have one just like on my shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah, amongst things, you know, just like an actual, just like that, where like this thing will not like if you try to fire it, you'll probably yeah. like blow up your gun. Right. Uh, so don't try to fire it. Uh, but oh man, an actual silver well, bullet. I think it would be cool to have like one of my back maulers taken mm. out and in its place there'd just be a silver bullet back there that i could a pull bullet? in and out <laughs> not a not a, a silver bullet, bullet. No, and a silver you pull bullet. it out <laughs> i do i go i'm like just in case just put in it back case. freak I, I that would be the uncle like mickey move right they're like my uncle mickey has a silver bullet is a fake tooth in the back of his mouth i <laughs> no don't one know would believe the kid no one would believe the kid <laughs> but um, it'd be one of those instances where it's like we're sitting there i'm like 80 years old and they're like uncle mickey knew because here's a werewolf coming to get us uh speaking of not believing um do you think your son could convince you that there is a werewolf killing people in your in your town. Could my son convince me? Yeah, maybe not at the age he is now, but when he was a little bit younger, when he's when he's when he's Marty's age. I, I will tell you, I don't know that he would convince me that it's real, but I think my son would be convincing enough for me to play along, like Uncle Red. And actually stay up all night with a silver bullet. I think I'd go as far as even okay. getting a silver bullet and staying up all night with him. Just to either A, prove him wrong, or B, just to tell him that I do believe in him. I do believe him. Now, would my parents have believed me? <laughs> Fuck no. There's no <laughs> Hell no. If you're my a listener parents... of the podcast, this all lines up perfectly. <laughs> There's absolutely no possible way they would have believed me. <laughs> That's a difficult thing to. You gotta yeah. have a special relationship to somebody, and and even then, I think like what you said is like, okay, I believe that you believe for yeah. whatever reason. Yes. So I need to play along and hopefully disprove, mm -hmm. and show you what's really going on. Right. But be yeah. ready, just in case. I've seen too many movies. Just in case. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Just you gotta be ready. You never know. I mean, you never really know. 
hey man, Carl Sagan, we're made of stardust. Yeah. Who knows when there's gonna you never know. Mm-hmm. Could be a werewolf, man. Yeah. Could be. Well, I mean, I just remember with my kids when they were little, like the boogeyman or or the things like I heard a noise under my bed. You know, you know there's nothing there, but you still go, okay, all right, let me check it out for you, okay? Let me see what's going on. You 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 go along with them because kids, when they're good kids, and and not that I'm saying there's such thing as a bad kid. There's really no such thing as a bad kid. But but kids, when when you're close to them and you care for them, you do want to go on these journeys with them because mm-hmm. there's something fun on the other side of it. Regardless if there is an actual boogeyman or a werewolf or whatever, there's something fun on the other side. Of it. Maybe it's just a story that you guys share forever. You know, but it's it. But you want to go along these rides. You want to meet them where they are. Um, that as a person who's not a parent, um, I if if you've been listening, you'll know that I recently adopted two kittens for the store, mm. and they're way more work than I thought they were going to be. And one of them, Columbo, uh, I'm starting to post them on our Instagram, which is. If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at the return slot of horror underscore podcast. No, that's not <laughs> the return slot of <laughs> underscore horror. No <laughs> Instagram, the return slot <laughs> underscore of horror Instagram. <laughs> if you, if, if you'd like to see uh, photos of the cat, um, uh, the return slot underscore of horror pod on on That's instagram it. i Odd. will post i will post an, an image of colombo i think colombo looks like the werewolf in this movie a little bit yeah. more feline like obviously but she kind of looks like a werewolf man is there any way you can convince colombo to grab a bat and like have a have like a bat raised above the only way i could convince her is if i said don't touch don't touch the bat yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's automatic a little a yeah. little trick uh, uh, for, for you cat owners out there, uh, you probably already know this if you're a cat owner, but if you, if you've recently, uh, acquired some cats, um, if you ever want to distract them, just take anything that's safe, uh, for them to play with, take anything that they have never seen before, maybe from a closet that they're not allowed into and just take it out and put it down and they will be occupied for at least a couple hours. Just huh. like, what is this thing? I got to sniff it. I got a bat at it. I got, you know what I mean? Like they just, yeah. they've never, if they've never seen it before, whoa, well, boy, what a, what a Cur- time yeah. they're having. Curiosity. And that, curiosity. That's the, that's the cat's trait, right? Curiosity. Yeah. So much so that it might kill them one day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's what they say. Um. So, so this, this movie has something that I love, which is Halloween. Yeah. Oh, it does. Right? Yeah, yeah. It gave, right? It's a great countdown to that. Yeah, what a great time to have. I, th- I think that the cycle of the werewolf and Halloween are perfect marriages, right? Perfect mates. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I mean, <laughs> like, I get that uh, uh, apparently Halloween is canceled in this town, right? Because everything's canceled. Yeah, but not not into cancel culture, but yeah. They're the parents leaving their children on Halloween night <laughs> on a full moon while there is a serial killer at large with Uncle Red that I mean, despite Uncle Red has as sort of proven to his sister that he's more responsible 
that he cannot consume yeah. a bottle of wild turkey while hanging out. Like he's 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 sort of straightened out a little bit. Uh, but still, that's a that's a hard pill to swallow for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, man, it just doesn't have that. It doesn't have yeah. that Halloween vibe for yeah. it. You know, there's some decorations, but like obviously, it's not anywhere near October where yeah. they're shooting. And and unfortunately, um, this movie is lacking that main feel. They like the feel. Mm-hmm from a Stephen King well, thing. And that's because De Laurentiis set up a little empire for himself in Virginia, where well, he was shooting was a lot say. of these things. There, there were a lot of actors with Southern accents for, for a Stephen King main story. Some doing it convincingly, probably because they have it. And some, maybe not so much. <laughs> maybe not so much. Yeah. Maybe not so but much, a, but, but now, so it was, it was the, the, what, what's the name of the town? Tucker's mill. Uh, or Tarker's Tarker's yeah, mill. Tarker's mill. Now, in the movie, are we to assume that it's somewhere in the South, quote unquote, or are we I to mean, assume that it's in Maine because of Stephen King? Like, is I there don't any, think it's it's well, not even I, like addressed. It's not. It's I not mean, a thing. we're not. Stephen King is not the national treasure that he is now at that time. Right. And in fact. He's technically credit like like credited with like this is his first uh, attempt at adapting something to yeah. a screenplay even though he had planned not to um some of the rumors out there will say he like this is technically his first adaptation okay. um uh uh where he's adapting it himself um so we don't have the um we don't have the uh 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 history we don't have the sort of like oh this has to be in Maine it's a Stephen King story right. that that, that gotcha. isn't established yet in fact, I mean, it's it's so established at this point that he, when he writes something, he has people who work for him whose sole job is essentially they are the um, dramaturge or the encyclopedias yeah. of like of what him. connects to all of his work. Yeah. Like what what's what connects to Dark Tower? What connects mm-hmm. to this? Wh- where is this in uh, relation right. ge- uh, geographically to this? Like that's that's their sole job because you know yeah obviously the guy is the guy can't keep track of everything well, yeah, right it's like it's like, so the, needs, it's like the Star help. Wars it's like the Star Wars um what are they called there's like a whole like uh, committee of people that that work on Star Wars make sure that everything t- lines up with all the yeah, storylines yeah, yeah. yeah which but, I mean as as is they were in full use during those new Star Wars movies that came out because they were so oh, on the money perfectly fit okay, in okay, let's not, let's not, yeah. okay, okay. We're, I, I have, I have oh. a Stephen King question and and you've read the book are the names in the book the same as in the movie I believe for the most part yes um Ooh, can I can I just uh, ask and does it bother you at all that that, that their names are coleslaw <laughs> no not at all okay not okay. at all I think you know <laughs> So my parents are immigrants, <laughs> and uh, with a name like Michelangelo, uh, 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 they're uh, they're uh, of, of a Sicilian descent, and um, I guess to me, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> that's a white person name. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm white. I am white. Yeah. I, you know, Italians yeah. got folded. We 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 look like white people, so we got folded in eventually. Sure. Um. Uh. Um. Uh, so, but anyways, it's, it's like, I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Coleslaw. Yeah. It's just so, it's so American, you know, it's like, and it's so, more American Stephen King. it's so Stephen King too, to me. Um, 
so you did you have a did you did you did it rub you the wrong way didn't rub me the wrong way i'm just like that's a choice that that's like i mean that feels like you know it's it's the the, it's spelled for the listener who's not you know it's spelled c-o-s-l-a-w so it's coleslaw but if you say it with a southern accent like i have coleslaw it sounds like coleslaw like you eat on your pulled pork sandwiches it just i just feel like somebody somewhere in the editing room or with him writing said you do know their last name sounds like coleslaw and he's probably like it's a choice i just felt like a choice i was like yeah what's more american than coleslaw yeah um what it's what did you think of everett mcgill i thought i i uh i love everett mcgill do he's you? a handsome guy he's tall handsome broad shoulders handsome guy Beautiful eyes. Um, I don't. Th- I I think that you know. Uh, I think he was. I think he was great. He was good. I don't think they gave him enough. If that makes sense, I feel Ag- like you agreed. Know, there's there's some lackingness in, in just what he's able to do because there's just not a lot for him to do. They they yeah. touch on things right. Like he's menacing and- in that scene with with uh, Jane, where she's there oh, and she yeah. realizes the peacemaker is is in the uh, recycling bin or recycling can. Sorry, and he comes out. It's very menacing. He makes me. He gives me chills a little bit in that scene. So, so good on him for that, you know? And they touch on some interesting stuff, especially considering like he's not a priest, he's a reverend, but like yeah. considering all the stuff that's happened with the Catholic Church, here sure. we have this figure that's supposed to be standing, uh, an upstanding citizen that, that, that talks about morality and mm-hmm. uh, um, all, all, all of these things. And uh, yet, this is the person who's murdering people. Mm-hmm. And they they touch on this that he is um just he's justifying mm-hmm. how he's why he's doing the things he's doing uh well, you know what's her face uh who he kills uh, um Pro- second well, she, yeah uh, she was going to kill herself so he saves her um, yeah his morality is is blind it's blind justice is what he thinks he's dealing out but he's really just he's he's caving into his desires I mean this and we. Is, and we it's it's in the subtext, yeah. I was, yeah, I was gonna and say, and that's that's the stuff of that I love of werewolves, right? It's like, oh, there's yeah. some subtext there, yeah. But but uh, but again, I'm not gonna get into like talking about you know what I love and don't love about the werewolf story, but but yeah, the the moral implications of what he's doing fall completely apart because you're killing people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's when you when you just like the whole idea of Jesus your own is, prism. Yeah, well, it's also it's like the whole idea of it, right? Is free will, right? That's what. The whole idea of religion is you—you've been given free will to choose this, and he's not giving them the free will to choose. You know, like she, she wants to kill herself. I mean, that's that's part of the game, right? That's part of that's part of what your religion teaches, right? Free will, but 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 also, I think there's something interesting into the into the dichotomy of he's losing his own free will to the desires of his animal nature, which also is very deeply religious because they are constantly trying to fight against some natural urges that we have in place of like a, of a, of a, of a, a moral compass based. Anyway, I'm not getting all that, but you know what I mean? It's like, there is some real cool uh, dualities there. You could play with from a storytelling perspective that, yeah. that you kind of lose, but Hey, you know, that's not the movie they're trying to make. So I'm, I'm there for it. It's, it's not the movie they're trying to make, but the fact that they touch on it, but don't like go with it. Is a little like, 
Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, man, there's something, there's something good there. Yeah. I wish you, it's like I smelling, wish you, it's like smelling the garlic bread, but not tasting it. But not tasting the garlic bread. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for the listener, for dinner, I made, so I made some really nice garlic bread for my family. And in order to save a pound and a half, I decided not to eat the garlic bread and forego that, that wonderful carb. And, and as um, we all know, foregoing one, uh, 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 a meal of garlic bread, you'll lose a pound and a half that day, that night. It's, uh, that's that's science. As as we as we consume our spooky cocktails, <laughs> spooky cocktails. <laughs> yep, yep. And and then I spend all night thinking about the garlic bread. So yep. tomorrow I'm going to eat a whole loaf of bread. And then bread you'll just yeah yeah you'll, you'll binge you'll binge on it exact just like a wolf <laughs> yeah. a wh- like you become uncontrollable. Like, and I, I gave into my I gave into my desires. Into... See, it's all full circle. You might say it's a cycle. Yeah, it is a cycle. Like, so your werewolf consumes garlic bread. Yeah. Is that safe I, to say? Yeah. Um, my yes. werewolf um, has to urinate all the time. Speaking um, of. Speaking of. So can we take a quick uh, uh, intermission? And then we'll, we'll wrap this motherfucker up. And now a word from our sponsors. My beer is right. You don't you don't buy beer, Mickey. You rent it. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? So Everett McGill. Yeah. A little under a little underutilized. Um I think Megan follows, like I said, a brilliant. Uh her character is actually uh a thoroughly elaborated on uh mm-hmm. as opposed to the novelette. Um I really liked their solid uh, foundation of their relationship. Yep. Agreed. But again, I, I thought it was very weird, especially at the end where she's like, and I finally learned to say, I love you to my brother. It was, it was like, sh- really? It Is that what we're... It's shoehorned. Yeah. Right? I don't know what. <laughs> we're going to make it just a like an ET. And uh, the <laughs> brother, like e. lava, lava. No, you don't get to do that voice, Mickey. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do that voice. I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do it. It's fine. I'm not it's doing fine. that voice now. <laughs> no, dude, it's fine. I mean, everybody, yeah. you're allowed. You're Look, do look, that look, I'm, with I'm Hispanic. I don't do Hispanic voices because it's so racist when I do it. Mickey, so I'm Mickey's... not doing any voices. Mickey is Hispanic. Uh, he's adopted, for those of you who might not know, uh, if you're not a constant listener. Yet, he is the whitest guy we know. He is the most yeah. American, white, really, Texan, very... Arkansan, yep. Yep. served the military, yep. fucking born, badass. Born, working... in, born into Goosey Galpa, though. Born into Goosey Galpa, for those you who don't know. You just made that word up, man. I don't... What'd you... <laughs> do, do, when I, was, I will tell you a quick, funny story, and then we'll move on to this movie. Okay. But when I was in third grade... 
uh, a teacher of mine took an interest in me, a shine, you might say. And a shining? Like, uh, she took a shine, yes. <laughs> and rad rom. But she said um, to me in class, she was like, today, guys, I want to do something special. I want to talk about where Mickey's from. And she pulled down a map in front oh. of the whole class. This is not cool. I was like oh, in my chair. Cool. Fair I was sinking into my chair because I was like, the last thing I want is attention. Yeah. And the last thing I want is to feel different. And the this last thing I want is to be bullies. <laughs> yeah, this is the last thing I want to be called out from being from a different country. So she goes, she pulls down a map. She goes, who knows where Honduras is? And the class was like, well, I don't know. And she goes, right here in Central America is Honduras. And Mickey's from the town of Tegucy Goosey, right there. And I was like, she called to Goosey oh, no. Gopa, to Goosey Goosey, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> to Goosey Goosey. I was like, oh man, there's so many problems I had. I was like, number one, I'm being like completely like spotlights all on me. Number two, she mispronounced the town I'm from. So now I feel like it's like, oh, it was just awful. But I tell that sometimes I'm always like, when people say, where are you from? I'm like, uh, to Goosey Gopa. But if you're from Texas, they call it to Goosey Goosey. <laughs> i mean she That's, was being so sweet but it was like so oh, like, yeah it was, it, it was awful when we in the time period we grew up being an individual was the worst thing you could be <laughs> it's it's it is just fuel for yeah. like the bullies to attack you yes and you're I was you, like you gotta yeah. not, you're dealing with enough uh yeah. living in texas looking how yeah. you looked yeah uh, look you know oh. just like Oh my Oof. gosh. Oof. Gosh. See, there's yeah. there's a difference between like Italians and a lot of others, right? Is yeah. that like if a teacher were to do that, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. A fucking yeah. Italian. Italian. Like we're special. Yeah. You're that's how you're yeah. sort of raised in um so you weren't raised in your culture no. uh, uh uh because you're adopted, but I, I was and it's like you're told like, listen to me, you're special. Yeah. Because you are this thing that yeah. you had no control over whatsoever. <laughs> every because woman will. Yeah, but you're also an Italian man, so every woman oh, will adore yeah, every you. Woman, every including woman. your mother. Including your mother and uh, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Like you are, And you're basically Jesus is what's going on. Here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I, yeah, not, not the same experience I had. I did not want to be different in any way. But you can't avoid it, which is why I think part of Marty really sticks out to me, too. It's like I get Marty's feelings, right? Like, even though I wasn't like paraplegic, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't I didn't have those disabilities. I still felt sometimes like an outsider when I would see other kids doing things, you know. So I, I love that scene in this film uh, where he is in his wheelchair watching the boys play baseball. Yeah, they yeah. linger on that shot just long enough to let you go beyond him just wanting to be able to walk right like surface level he's watching these kids run and play ball so surface level you're like oh of course he wishes he could be out there playing ball with them but they hold on him for so long that for me i was like there's something more to him in this moment and for me it was like in spite of everybody in this town having all these abilities he knows that he's the one that has to take on the big bad because nobody else is seeing it with all their abilities, they have the biggest disability, which is the unawareness of the thing that's actually out there trying to get them. the ignorance. He knows, right? He can do it. Yeah, the ignorance. He knows he can do it. He has to do it. He's the only one who truly believes. 
So I love that moment in the film. That's that would actually be my third aha moment. I really love that little little place. And and that's like an Amblin type moment that I think works. It really is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I, I I would say you know we 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 do talk about from time to time. Um. Uh, uh, remakes and reboots and and and, and that sort of thing. And uh, I gotta mm-hmm. say, this is one I would love to see remade. I think mm-hmm. it's 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 ripe for it. Um, sure. I I would love to see uh, a twelve episode miniseries. Uh, but I want them to be uh random in their length. So I think you you could have an episode that's like fifteen twenty minutes long. And then you can have on the on the longest side, I would say no more than forty five minutes okay. uh, for this story. Um, uh, but to you know, you can really uh, uh, dig in on what's going on with Everett McGill's character, uh, the relationship between the brother and the sister, Uncle Red. I think you 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 can jump into it without overbloating it the way most mm-hmm. films are nowadays where there's Herb just like you know, could could have him uh, could we could follow his like yeah spiral the brilliant brilliant performance in Kent this brought her so good um he is in cat's eye yeah. i believe uh uh interesting fellow he looks doesn't he look like it's like they shaved his head for this or something <laughs> like he <laughs> they, he, he looks they, he's so boyish Yes. looking but then he's in a suit and he's missing his hair it just there's something that looks like is he in a bald cap or something it's odd right it is it is his look is disarming yeah brilliant actor Not disarming stay. alarming yeah um uh alarming um yeah. uh, uh uh a quick story about him the scene where his son who's a fucking dick that kid's a dick his son he is just constantly mess like, with jane you know Marty, boys, got his, little boys are like that. Little boys are dicks, but I will say, if my paralyzed friend got his kite stuck up in the tree, I would offer, yeah, to get it for him. Although I would imagine Marty, maybe, maybe the scene isn't in there. Marty's like, no, 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 no. It's important I can do to me. This. So maybe, maybe yeah. his friend is like very progressive, and that's like Marty's got to fix this himself. Mm-hmm. Right? I think his friend um, has the hots for Jane and is just tormenting well, her because you yeah. don't, yeah, you don't do that to a girl unless you really like her. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got a pantyhose fetish. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> who didn't at that age? nobody. That was a joke, everybody. That was a joke. I didn't steal. I didn't steal my sister's pantyhose and wear them on my face and scare people at night and. <laughs> throw out windows. That's you were just angry because <laughs> I just wanted more pantyhose. <laughs> so, anyways, um, Kent Broadhurst, uh, Herb, Herb Kincaid. He has he has the scene where he discovers his son right yeah. at night, and uh, oh, Dead Zone, Denzo, Dead Zone was one of the other Stephen King adaptations around this time. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, anyways, and this reminded me of uh, like discovering a child's body in the park. Um, you know, he's they're they're about to shoot the scene. He shows up. Uh, the director's all out of sorts. Like, 
like what's you know it's like two o'clock in the morning and he shows up on set and he's like what's wrong the director's super upset and it, you know mickey you've been upset mm. it's super yeah. important that your director is got a shit together their shit together uh, he or she or them uh they have their shit together that they have to be the person who always has it together it's a very difficult job that's why i get so much praise anyways he's losing it why is he losing it because uh, they're supposed to show the child's body, right? Dismembered body. And it is, according to uh, uh, Kent uh, Broadhurst, it's like it looks like a mannequin from a department store that had been smashed in with a hammer and then covered in cranberry juice. So on the spot, he goes, this is such a good actor. He goes, listen. I think I can sell what it is that you need sold and you don't have to ever look at the body. You just keep the camera on me. Yeah. And he was like, thank you. Yes. Okay. They did it. And he's fucking that scene, that scene scene watched on its own. That's a brilliant scene. Yeah. Right there. When that scene started. So, so, you know, Molly watched this with me when that scene started, we sat in silence. Not that I mean, we sit in silence anyway watching a movie, but after the silence, well, you're married, broke, you don't have anything yeah, we interesting to say to I each mean, other. When you're married, that's basically <laughs> what you do. You sit in silence. I play well, on the now phone. Now you're Italian. What What are you oh, saying about I Italian? No, I don't know why that came out. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to hell. No, um, but we're sitting there, and and the scene ends, and we both kind of look at each other, and Molly was like, "Wow, that was really good." I was like, "That was really good." I mean, it is, he is really, like you said, selling it and it's very effective. It's, it's, you know, you see it in low budget films. Sometimes you have great actors, right? They're selling the movie because they have no other way to sell the movie. So the actors are having to like lift all the weights. Yeah. But, but in this one, for sure, Kent Broadhurst in that moment really earned, earned for me, he earned like a very like nice little um, highlight in that film of just being a, another reason to watch. His performance in there is really good. Even when, even when they're when he's being heightened and he's having that argument in the um, pub, private justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he, he's he is there. He is he is in it. Yeah. He is believable. Not everybody else in that scene is, but he is. And then they go out in the fog, and that's that's some interesting stuff there too, where they're all like, it's the townspeople <laughs> now. They're like, you know. Yeah. As townspeople do in these movies, they're all on the march to find the the monster. Why would you go out in the fog like that? That doesn't. That yeah. doesn't. <laughs> out in the fog, out in the woods. That's not a we're good. That's not go a in, good idea. We're gonna go in groups of four. Because that's that very was... funny. The the guy who gets his foot caught in the in the trap, trap. <laughs> and then it like he, he clamps again. It's it's yeah. a very funny beat. It's a yeah. very funny beat. Um. Uh, and of course, uh, we got to mention the ch- the church scene, the the uh, oh, um, so cool. uh, Everett yeah. McGill's nightmare that he has. Yeah. That I mean, like that goes to show you. I think the the ending transformation in that scene goes to show you that obviously Carlo Rambaldi was a very talented uh, 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 artist at his craft. And obviously there were things outside of his control that led to the werewolf not looking great. Um, But those scenes are fan fucking tastic. Yeah. The scene in the church is, is a, is a highlight also. It's, it's a high point of that film. Um, There's, 
it kind of gives it, it kind of tips its hat. I think a little too early where oh, it's you placed get it. in the film. Yeah. You, you, you get what's happening. I mean, like, but that's the thing, like yeah, I constantly know, I having know. to do, it's like time and place. Like when this movie came out, uh, viewers weren't as sophisticated. I'm sure many people did figure it out, but like, I know at least as a kid watching that, oh, I as don't a know kid, if I, I would necessarily know. Yeah, 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 no, I, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but the scene is cool, man. I mean, I listen, you got that many people wolfing out in church pews. Yeah, I'm in. That's a great scene. The metaphor, the unintentional metaphor of that scene. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, like some of the, some of the, uh, I'm not saying this of all, this is, I'm not saying this of all people who um, have a strong faith and um, support that faith by going to a church. But I, I, I will say in my, in my life and in my experience, some of uh, the worst people I've met mm -hmm. are the people who are the most religious. Mm -hmm. They're the most unforgiving. They're the most, right. it's like the antithesis of everything, at least in, in the Christian religions. That's the, mo that's where I have, I, I think you're the same. I have the most uh, uh, contact with the Christian religions, sure. especially Catholicism sure. being raised Catholic. Um, they tend to be the most unforgiving, the most like, it's like the allegory of them, like you are using birth control. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you you completely were so hot right then, oh, like I not totally dropped out. Yeah, you said you were using birth control, and then it was like silence for like <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. But 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 for the listener, he was like like going complete crazy person out. over there. He had like veins sticking out of his neck, screaming into the mic. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I hear you, and and I do think that you know there's there's something even if you want to get even like more meta with it, which I don't think that they were trying to do with this film, but even in a more meta way, uh, uh, the the their leader, their reverend, the person who is their guide in their religion is the perpetrator of the evil per se and his biggest you might say fear is when he sees his own congregation doing the evils that he's doing it, it's almost scarier for him to see it in, in his flock than to see it in himself and then you mm. can go into like so and there is mm. a lot with like wolves and flocks and sheep and all that stuff there's like a whole huge metaverse that you're, or meta you know thing you can go into with this film if you were to want to do that <laughs> you know it's and like i don't can. think they were yeah yeah, yeah. you can t you can t it's a piece of art you get to pull whatever you want from it as well that's as the thing, a piece of pop culture that's the thing about this podcast and and i do mean this it's like this is like like the things that we are saying we're talking about a film having a conversation who knows where it's going to go yeah you know, but that's what these films are about. They yeah. should be personalized. You go where you want to go with it. You know, that's why, you know, that's what, that's what having the mom and pop shops about, you know, we don't need, we don't need one, one voice telling us how this is supposed to make you feel. It can make people feel all kinds of ways. That that's a wonderful thing that you're able to do now. You're able to share your thoughts and opinions with people like mm -hmm. we are now, right? Um, yeah. but the the downside of that is like having your own thoughts and opinions, right? To to consume a piece of art that's been created, whether whether that is of a, a high art or low art, mm -hmm. and that's a whole different discussion. But like you consume that, and then you reflect upon it with 
friends, with acquaintances, mm-hmm. with people maybe like I can't like the relationship you get to have with a customer and vice versa, the relationship yeah. you get to have with the person who works at the place you frequent, whether it's a coffee shop, a video store, a record store, right? That's an that's a, a, an interesting and important relationship, and it used to be more important before yeah. we had the internet, right? Um, so it's 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 a uh, it despite the frustrations we deal with working working at the video store and dealing with idiots, most yeah. of the people we deal with because we're we we are living in a time if you're taking the time to come to a video store sure. and you want to talk. Right. And and, you know, to be fair, you're not always in the mood to talk. Maybe you got shit, personal shit going on in your life. But, but yeah, the, the fact that you can, you can discuss with somebody that you don't have a, um, uh, they're not your brother or your sister or your friend. They're your friend at the video store. Right. And I get to express and maybe learn something about myself or another person through their different points of view. That I would never and, have. And the thing about, you know, when you're talking to one of those customers or, or you know, uh, someone like that, you're also not carrying a baggage of, of, of what it is to be a brother or a sister, you know, a best friend yeah. from birth. You know, it's like you don't have all that baggage going into it. So there's a little bit kind of more honesty that kind of sometimes happens. Freedom. You're allowed to be a, a, a piece of yourself that you're not allowed to be maybe in crowds of people that have known you since you were two, you know? So, Yeah. Get to know your local people, man. It's like yeah. go to your local shops. Treat them, treat them with respect. Always treat everybody with respect. But um, goes without saying. Yeah. So, is there anything else you wanted to touch upon before we we wrap up this evening's discussion of 1985 Silver Bullet? Yeah, I'm just gonna just do a quick little like kind of like fireside thing right here. <clears throat> See if there's okay. Just a shout out to the to the father. In the movie, uh, Leon <laughs> Russom, Bob Coleslaw, yeah. uh, did not get a lot to do. Also, we're very, I didn't not even know you existed until after the film. I was like, wait, he sucks in the book too. It's, it's, it's like, no good. I, 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 I'm, I hope he got paid a decent wage for that because I'm telling you, there were some extras in that film. I probably saw more than the dead. Um, uh, that may have been the only other thing that i had on my list of things that i <laughs> was right. gonna mention yeah no uh fun movie stephen king i love you um cory haim just another great delivery of a film that that goes down in my canon of horror films that are that are just ripe with the 80s man just like i i don't even know if i want to a, a modern adaptation i know that it would have the same feel for me that this one does because it's it's right in my I was the right age, the right time for this to to mean a lot more than than maybe it does for some. I don't know. So obviously this you would you would you agree this belongs in the Werewolf? Werewolf section of the video store? I do agree. Um and who would you who would you recommend this movie to coming into the store? He's thinking. He's pondering. You know, there's, this... there's, I, I want to, I want to kind of throw you under the bus and say everyone, but I'm not going to. I, I've thought about this. 
Why are you throwing me under the bus? Because I feel like you're that. like, if you're coming into my store, you get it. If you're coming into my store, you is that what I sound like? Movie, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's how you sound. No, you that's how you sound asshole. in my head. In my head, that's how you sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my no, God. No, no, no. No, no. Uh, this is a. This is the guy who likes Monster Squad. This is the guy who likes uh, who 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 likes Amblin. Who likes that? Of course, it's a guy, not a girl. Often with you, it's only guys. <laughs> well, I actually think of guy as a term for both sexes because I like for when I refer to any sex for it to be a uh, a, a, a a male dominated term. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was supposed to be a joke that came up really. Uh, no, it's. I mean, I laughed. I laughed. We'll see if the listener laughed. Yeah. No. Um. No. For anybody who comes in that likes Monster Squad, loves the Goonies, loves Lost Boys, this is like just right in that wheelhouse, right? It's like it's Corey Haim. It's kids fighting monsters. It is right along uh, 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 that. Um, I think it's young enough for a lot of young viewers to watch, enjoy, and not be too terrified. But the scares are good enough that you're also not being placated to as a little kid. So that's my recommendation. That's where it goes. What do you say? What, what's your what's your rec? Uh, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, uh, I would I, I I would add to that like if you're a person who loves cult films. And you haven't seen this. You, this is a must. This is a must, must see. Yeah. Um, uh, and of course, if I ever see you reading a Stephen King book, yeah, and you come to the store, you gotta see Silver Bullet. You have to. You have to. And then if you come into the store around Halloween, if you've listened to our Halloween episodes, I will uh, display my uh, uh, comic books and horror novels that I have, and a Werewolf of the Cycle will be something you can read while you're at the store. You don't get to you don't get to leave with it. Um but you can check it out. And the the again the artwork by Bertie Wrightston is like out of this world fantastic. Do you yeah. have a favorite out of uh um uh all the stuff? Um no I can see he's picking up the book and he's looking through it right now. So you don't that's okay. You no, need to read I it. I think you should read it. I think this is this is something you could read on a rainy yeah. afternoon. You know, it's that yeah. short. I mean, look, I, the, the the werewolf is incredible. I mean, the the I'm not going to say a, a, a favorite. I, I think it's hard to to not love the multi werewolves in the church with the stained glass. Yeah, that's that's a pretty great. That's image. pretty great. That, that's a great image. Also, for what it represents for like like you and I were talking about about our own like kind of religious backgrounds it just it, it, yeah. it strikes an extra chord you know it strikes an extra nerve yeah. so that one i think would be on a quick look through being put on the spot that's where i'm going to go but gotcha. uh come back to me after i've gone through the whole thing gotcha so we'll we'll have a form uh uh, uh four more riding the silver bullets cocktails yeah, and we're gonna do silver we'll, bullet we'll now see. for the next four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so I hope we're you like this repeat, movie. <laughs> we're gonna repeat silver bullet a bunch. Um, I, I wish we had some French to uh, end the episode. No French uh, this time. from our our beloved Marika. Uh, we miss you. Um, uh, hopefully you're she's listening to this episode while yeah. she's upstairs 
taking care of business. I'm sure she is. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us, assuming you're reviewing Mm -hmm. positively and rating positively. (laughs) And follow um, us on Instagram at the return slot underscore of horror pod. Please do. Uh, and chime, chime in. Chime in. Sure. I'm gonna post. I'll post a, a photo of Colombo. There, Halumi's up there right now. Um, uh, looking through uh, some of the comic mm-hmm. books at the video store. Uh, uh, we'll see. I, I want to know your opinion. Does Colombo look like a werewolf? All right. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more werewolf. Werewolf. Uh, surprise episode tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. Yes, yes, St. Patrick's. What are you? What are you gonna rent other than Leprechaun? We dive into that discussion. We we dive into. Yes, 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 yes. yes. All right. So keep uh, stay tuned. Keep on listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next time. We'll see you for St. Patrick's Day. Ow! 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 ow. Ow, 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 you bit me, Jesus Christ.